Time Beirut, Traces of a City, a pod poem. Directed and produced by Nadim Mishlawi and Rana Aid. I live in Beirut. I'm a writer. I studied comparative literature at Goldsmiths in London. And for the past two years, two and a half years, I have been researching Zajal poetry, which is a form of half-sung, half-improvised poetry that is present, uh, very present in Lebanon today, but also in other Arab countries such as Egypt, Syria, Jordan, and Palestine mainly. The past almost two years in Lebanon have been very difficult because, first of all, we had the October Revolution in 2019, which was this rare moment of hope when everyone, you know, over two million people uh, went down to the streets protesting uh, against the corruption of the government, against uh, the impeding economic collapse, which we have now completely, you know, (laughs) we are completely in the midst of. And um, so that was quite, you know, that was thrilling, but it was also, you know, it was also difficult in some ways because we felt like life was suspended for us. So that went on is still going on, I guess, in various forms. Every now and then you still have protests, but it's not like the beginning. Um, But that was a big moment for us. And then a few months after that, uh, two months after that, actually the first case of COVID-19 was recorded in Lebanon. And three months after that, the whole country went into lockdown in March 2020. In August was the Beirut port explosion. And, you know, needless to say, I think it's something like the sixth or seventh largest non-nuclear explosion in in history. So, you know, by just purely objective terms, I would say it was a pretty catastrophic event. All of this to say that it's been a very turbulent time. I think all of our work, not just as cultural practitioners, but everybody's actual work had to be, had to be suspended. It was very difficult to find the energy to feel like there's anything really even worth doing. 
there are definitely moments of you know extended periods I would say not moments extended periods of paralysis this makes me think of uh, a conversation I had some years back with someone from my English program they can't remember in what context this came up but I said something along the lines of writing books isn't as important as curing cancer I said this and my friend said my friend said yes but people will continue to write books even after we cure cancer what I took from this was I think something about the urge to create we feel like we want to leave a trace in this world and this trace can be something different for different people of course so for someone like me it's writing for let's say a filmmaker it can be you know making a film I guess basically what I'm trying to say is that you know it's something that proves that we're here My name is Shaza Sharaf al-Din. I work in the fields of art, culture and writing. I studied dance in Germany and I currently live in Beirut. The themes of my work shift between the social and the political and are always very personal. I have no resolve and no hope. In Lebanon, over the course of six months, so many of my friends have suffered and some even died. Our money has been blocked and has lost all its value. So many people I know have died of corona, not just the elderly. And two weeks ago, my good friend Lokman Slim 
من بعد ما قتل لقمان انقلبت الاشياء بالنسبه لي يعني اغتياله ولد عندي غضب من نوع ما كنت بعرفه من قبل غضب بيشبه واحد كان نايم وفاق تيلاقي بيته كله عم يحترق After his death things changed for me It triggered a kind of anger I've never felt before the anger of someone waking up and discovering his or her house on fire صرت عم روح على الاتوليه وصرت مهووسه بالشغل وبانتاج اعمال بغض النظر عن الهدف منها يعني حاسه حالي شوي مثل المكنه بفيق الصبح بعمل اشياء صغيره بلبس بروح على الشغل بسكر ديني وعيوني على العالم من حولي وبشغل حالي باشياء ما بعرف اذا رح تتطور لشيء بس مش مهم I'm going to the studio and engaging with work regardless of the intentions behind it I feel like a machine I get up get dressed go to work I don't know if what I'm doing will evolve in any way and it doesn't matter The important thing is to put out the fire My name is Rana Aid. I do sound design for films and documentaries. I've been working for about 22 years. أكيد كان في صعوبة بال بالبداية ما في مهنة فعلياً ما في معرفة مضبوط بشو يعني مهنة sound design. It was definitely difficult at the beginning because the profession of sound design had not yet been established in Lebanon. هي فكرة الانتماء من دون ما تكون محصور بالمكان تبعك. It is an issue of belonging without feeling trapped. يعني أنا كتير عندي انتماء للبنان وكتير عندي انتماء لهذه البقعة الجغرافية الشرق الأوسط. ولكن ما بدي كون أنا غاطصة فيها. I have a strong sense of belonging in Lebanon and the Middle East, but I don't want to drown in it. 
مدينه مريضه وتوكسيك بيكوز بيروت از ا سكس سيتي ان توكسيك بس بذات الوقت كثير حلوه وكثير ناعمه وكثير رقيقه بس ات ذا سيم تايم فيري بيوتيفول اند جنتل طب انا اذا بدي فوت فيها رح فوت فيها ورح امشي معها ورح مثل الموجه يعني بدي يصير الحقها بالموجه طب بيروت شو بدها اليوم انا اعمل؟ If I want to be part of it, I have to move with it, like moving with a wave. And ask what does Beirut want from me today? فمشان هيك وقتها بيروت انفجرت هي بيروت عملت فريز هي ما بقى بدها هي ما بقى بدها بيروت تعبت فمشان هيك بيروت تعبت وصارت رخيصه صارت كثير رخيصه بيروت اكسبلودد It froze as if saying, I don't want this anymore. Beirut is tired and has become cheap. ففعليا هلا في ازمه اقتصاديه وواقف البلد بس انا ما بموت كرمال هذا المكان يعني انا ما بدي اكون شهيده بهذا المكان انا ما بدي اكون ميته بهذا المكان انا بدي اكون عايشه بهذا المكان. Now there's an economic crisis and the country has become immobile. But I refuse to die for this place. I don't want to be a martyr in this place. I want to be alive in this place. We've been raised with the idea of dying for our country and be martyrs for it. So what do we do as artists? The moment there's a problem we leave, this is why we do art. to talk about our society. أنا شخصياً هيدا الشيء بلاقيه ما بيشبهني وما فيي أعمله. فأنا بعد عندي كثير أشياء أعملها ببيروت ولا قصة لا بدي أعمل ثورة ولا بدي أنزل على الطريق ولا شيء، بدي أعمل أشياء بمهنتي. That's now how I do things. I still have a lot of things to do in Beirut. And I don't want to go into the streets and protest. I want to do things in my profession. بعد صوت بيروت هو اللي بحس انه بعد ما اكتملت الحوار انا وياه وبعد في اشياء لازم اعملها With regards to the sounds of Beirut, the city and I haven't finished our discussion and there are a lot of things I still want to do. The mentally ill who may damage themselves, people injured in street fights and other violent crimes. And the term police custody
I'm a musician active uh, in the field of experimental music since the late 90s, based in Beirut, um, also the organizer of a um, festival called Ertijal, which has been ongoing since um, the year 2000. Yeah, where I'm pretty sure that music took a very, very big blow is on the level of the pandemic, more than any of the other crises affecting us. Because there, it's been like nearly two years, we're mostly playing um, at home or in venues, but for uh, technical and uh, camera crews for um, music that will in the end go online and when we know how important live music is and the relation between performer and audience is for live music and for music in general I think this is properly devastating. think now about the legacy of this period I think about it obsessively actually how are we going to come to see this period um, let's say 10, 15, 20 years from now and then maybe will have a clearer picture of the impact of these multiple crises on artistic life. We'll be able to know if how devastating it was in a way or if there is still some thing positive that came out of it. It will take time to be able to clearly assess uh, this uh, side of things. I think judgments today while within the crisis are uh, meant to be partial or uh, not entirely accurate. Yet we make those judgments, of course, we make, um, we take decisions, we um, uh, have opinions and in the end, with time they may change or may prove to be true. Um, from my end, I tend to think that, um, and this will be not be revolutionary in any way, that uh, this period was very, 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 very damaging to the art world, at least in my sector, which is music and uh, the creativity of musicians. Um, but also mostly <coughs> new generations of uh, upcoming music makers, even people who were about to launch themselves into a musical career and might actually never do so. So we may actually be losing a generation or more of musicians who will in the end never be musicians 
given the current situation. And that, I feel, is very, very sad. Although, as I say, maybe with time we'll discover that now it will lead to yet another generation uh, who will be even more creative, maybe. Again, time will tell. Beirut, Traces of a City, a pot poem, featuring Muriel Ahwaji, Shaza Sharifuddin, Rana Aid, Sharif Sehnawi, directed and produced by Nadim Mishlawi and Rana Aid, co-produced by Norient and Gote Institute. Hello Ranayed, hello Nadim Mishlewe, and welcome to this bonus track of the Beirut Time Zones episode. You are co-founders of DB Studios, which is specialized in audio post-production and music for films. You are the producers of the Beirut Time Zones piece, and we shall be elaborating together a bit more with me, Nisreen Khudur, on how you conceived this production and your experience in working in Lebanon at the moment. Additionally, the track will also include in its second part an intervention by architect, researcher, and composer Mohamed Safa 
currently residing in London, who will talk about his research in urban acoustics and tell us about a notation for an experimental score he worked on in a Beirut neighborhood. What was the driving theme that was the impetus of this poem? The theme was presented to us by Noreen. We uh, devised an approach, which we've called a pod poem, but the theme was working in Beirut or in urban environment in these kind of trying times. I think it was inspired maybe by the COVID situation, but our situation in Beirut is obviously a bit different because we have, in addition to COVID, a plethora of other problems to navigate through. Uh, so it was inviting people to express their views or express their thoughts on what it means to work in these types of situations. And then we constructed a sound composition around these voices. So what was also driving the choices that you have made uh, regarding uh, the, the speakers, the artists that you have invited? What connects them to each other and what connects them to you? It's mainly friends that we share common ground with them, you know, it's uh, that are still here, that are trying still to find a way to do things in Beirut and uh, that are really um, asking themselves questions because now people who are leaving has other concerns. They want to start another life. It's logistically not at all, not very easy. So, and, and they work in art. So what were the elements that you have brought in that gave the spirit of the pot poem? The idea was that each character have their own setting, have their own context, as if these sounds uh, in some way represent a physical location. And so as people were talking, as they were you know, sharing their ideas, the first, the first thing was to make sure that the ideas flow from one to the other not seamlessly, there's obviously a, a, a cut between each person, but we can understand that there's a kind of common thread through what they're saying. And then the idea was to take each person individually and think of uh, an environment, a sound environment for each person. So some of those ideas were because we know them personally and we kind of, that's uh, certain sounds uh, remind us of these people. Uh, sometimes it was a reflection of what they're saying and other times it was again more of a musical approach trying to create a kind of pacing so you have all these different kinds of changes happening and I yeah it's for me it's basically just music with voices which is the, the way I've been thinking about it from the beginning in, incorporating storytelling into music composition have you noticed any new sounds that, uh, in your perception, are closely associated with the new realities, such as um, the acute economic and social collapse that have come to dominate the landscape in Lebanon since the end of 2019? Is there a set of sounds that have emerged or have come to your awareness that you believe summarize or embody the temperament of, of the current Lebanon? Yeah, uh, the main sound that is not uh, at all uh, discreet is the BPS, uh, you know, those... That uh, we are hearing That right we now. are hearing, and it's all over the city, because when you're uh, on the stairs, when on, on the balcony, at night, you hear the teet, 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 so this is a new sound, it's like an alert, and it, the, in general, in the city, what I noticed is the rhythm 
the composition of the city has changed. You ha we have the crisis of fuel. So uh, when we have fuel, uh, you see that some part of the city is completely empty, but another part of the city, it's not only noisy, it's chaotic. People screaming, uh, cars everywhere, you know. But other in the street next to it, it's complete silence. It's very sinusoidal, if you want, in a, in a sense. So the, it's like we're living in a feedback, in a constant looping feedback. And when you think about it and when you see politically and socially what is happening and economically, you feel this is the sound of the end. How about you, Nadine? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much to add to that. It was mentioned in the podcast there is already a strong exodus of skilled people in all fields, including the, the field of music and sound design. How do you see yourselves working with this continuously changing environment as to collaborations and uh, as, to, as to making what you do? Places like Beirut, uh, again, places that are this precarious are changing all the time anyway. Uh, there's not one one year that passes when we don't say, oh, this is a completely new experience for us, a completely different experience for us. Uh, so now we have this new phenomenon, and I'm pretty sure that next year we'll have another new phenomenon, and the year after that, another new phenomenon. The past year and a half were very productive for me. Uh, I was able to focus a lot more on my work. I was able to reflect on a lot of ideas. Of course, there were lots of terrible things happening at the same time, but... As far as productivity is concerned, and we're talking about here working with other people or working on projects, the situation didn't affect that part of my life. Some of us feel slightly more stimulated when the situation is dire. Now, if <laughs> the moment there's like a threat on our lives, then yes, we're going to get up and leave and this whole conversation means nothing. But um, for the time being, it is interesting to face these challenges and it does inspire a lot of new ideas um, I can't say that I envy people whose lives are smooth and one dimensional thank you thank you Dana. thank, thank you, you. following up on the topic of soundscape in a collapsing economy and artistic production in Beirut we move to the sonic reverberation in the city as seen by composer and researcher Mohamed Zafo You are at the moment residing in London and your research in sound sometimes relies on recorded sonic events that you receive for analysis, notably from Lebanon. What methods do you use in such cases for your acoustic research? So if I think about methods that you would be using if you're assessing a case at distance, I would be thinking directly of uh, audio recording technology, which, which is the most widespread method of sonic representation. In addition to that, I would be using sound, noise maps, uh, acoustic models, like any kind of graphic interpretation of sound to understand the specific kind of sonic event that is happening at distance. So let's say working on a case that or a specific series of cases that I'm working at at the moment that tries to understand explosive sounds and loud sounds during armed conflicts and during warfare, specifically how they're absorbed by um, civilians that are hiding. And many of the cases that I work on are connected, let's say, to Lebanon, to Palestine. In general, 
in these conditions, I, I don't have access, for example, to these events. I don't have access to these moments. I cannot be in these moments to actually describe how sounds behave. So my description, the description at distance is really questioned. I question the medium that I'm using because this medium won't be able to translate exactly what's the actual experience. Specifically as well, this experience cannot be reproduced in an experimental setup that has all the kind of perfect conditions. Because it needs a kind of an environment of threat, it needs an environment of uh, warfare primarily, and it needs a huge amount of sound energy. However, and this is the problem with the medium itself, um, audio recording, it can only allow specific frequencies from these events to be recorded. Some other frequencies are, let's say, inaudible, and some of the audible ones cannot be captured by um, an audio recording device. Later on, if I want to listen to it on a speaker to understand the nature of the sound, the speakers themselves cannot allow all the frequencies to be out. But adding complexity to that, like sonic behavior, if you look at it from like a kind of an imaging perspective, if you look at like acoustic modeling or sound maps, it's sometimes more accurate than listening than listening to it and more accurate than an audio recording in terms of what it is. But it's not always encompassing all the details and the specificities of a sonic event. What I'm trying to say in the cases of experience of explosive sounds and experience of loudness overall, the repercussions can be seen specifically on the listeners more than you can listen to them, more than actually seeing them on a kind of a graphic interpretation. Seeing sound is as well seeing its impacts. So observing witnesses or gathering their testimonies and the way they talk about their experience, the words they use to describe their experience is sometimes more accurate than listening to an audio recording of the sound itself. You have worked on a notation system at the intersection of urbanism and experimental music that you have called Variations for Winds and Drones. What was the process you followed to make the score? And why did you choose the area of Uzai near the airport to work on? And how can one use this notation to learn more about the place it maps? I chose to work on the area of Uzai because it's a kind of an urban condition that reflects a wider impact or even the direct impact of post-war neoliberal policies that were um, implemented and this area of Uzai, the area of the, lead, the old road re- leading to the airport, would be a direct translation or a direct symptom of these policies through this kind of marginalization of the urban context itself. It didn't start, it, it's not only in terms of placement of these buildings, in terms of the shape of these buildings, but it is as well in terms of the infrastructure, it is in terms of services that are there, it is in terms of like pollution because it's close to the airport. So I thought of sound as a kind of a method that can directly translate an ambient condition. So I used different methods to do this work, but mainly I was relying on something called uh, sonic cartophony or, or sound mapping or noise mapping. And I use an open source software called Noise Tools that can actually model sound reflections given a very specific sound source. And these sound reflections are seen in alleyways and roads, etc., where sound can actually bounces from wall to another, from a kind of structure to another or a barrier to another. And I translated all this data from a very complex map of lines that are showing reflections into like a very simplified form of a circular graphic notation that can show the amount of reflection 
in every kind of corner or in every uh, alleyway, on every road. And then using these notation, musicians performing with wind instruments could perform a sonic urban experience rather than representing it. Through musical composition, this practice intends to add a certain elasticity and a subjective understanding of a contested and disenfranchised urban context. In reference to um, researcher R. Murray Schaefer that pioneered our understanding of soundscapes as socially built context, its translation with musical tools engages with the political agency of its listeners. Thank you, and thanks to all our speakers on this bonus track for sharing their insightful thoughts on their work processes and perceptive reflections on the sonic environment that surrounds us. This was the bonus track to the Beirut Time Zones episode, co-produced by Norient and the Goethe Institute. Thank <laughs> you.